My, my, my. <laughs> uh, in the, the um, congregation that I last had the opportunity to uh, pastor, uh, I would have heard a big amen after singing like that. So will you help me and say amen? amen. And you say amen one time, you have to say it a second time. And if you're really sincere about it, you have to say it a third time. And then if you're really sincere, you have to give the Lord a hand clap of praise. God bless you this morning. It is so good to be in St. Matthew's to worship and give praise to the Lord on this another great Lord's Day. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of my life and the very captain of my salvation. We give honor and praise to God who blessed us by waking us up this morning and starting us out on another day's journey. It's good to be with my district superintendent of this district this day, Reverend Vicki White, who uh, accompanied us today and has been such a gracious hostess in her district. And I thank you for your kind presentation of the bishop uh, this morning, Uh, and forgive me if I enjoyed that presentation. Amen. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, It's also good to uh, have uh, the opportunity to be with your pastor, your pastors, really, uh, but your senior pastor, David Carroll, be with Matt and uh, Kim, as well as others who serve you in the role of leaders here in this congregation. Uh, Reverend Tim Thompson, who is also present with you today, is the assistant to the bishop here in the Mississippi Conference. Tim, if you just kind of wave a little bit, that's the assistant to the bishop. Amen. So uh, he always is ready. So whenever I can't go, he will come and preach. Or if I come and get laryngitis, um, he will come. And at those points where I can't holler, he'll holler for me. Amen. Also, we're blessed this morning uh, to have a visiting superintendent from the New Albany District who is present with us, the Reverend John Moore and his wife, Nancy. And John, if you'll just kind of, and Nancy, who is the better part of John, really, to be honest with you, (laughs) she's also here this morning. So it's so good to to be surrounded. Uh, I used to hang out uh, when I was pastoring from time to time uh, with Baptist preachers, you all forgive me for that, amen, but uh, they, for some reason they used to love to hang out with me and we'd hang out together. And they would always say that any time a bunch of preachers were around and you were preaching, they'd say the case was really serious, amen. Now, I never found out what they meant by that, but uh, uh, since so many preachers have shown up, uh, even Rayford is in the house, amen, that must mean it's really serious today, amen. Uh, uh, that must have meant something, so it must be serious today. But I'll tell you what, the music has been serious today, man. We've heard some really, really good music. And, man, the choir, of course, really blessed us. Our children blessed us this morning. I mean, they, they, especially when they were singing about this great God who, who takes time out for all of us. Aren't we glad that we have a God who takes out time for us? And aren't you glad that the children know that God takes out time for them? And then I'm assuming that was a little bit a sampling of our praise group, amen, that, that sung uh, for us doing our offering and blessed us as well. 
Uh, you are a blessed congregation to have that kind of variety of music uh, in your uh, worship settings. Um, I will just tell you, uh, there's an old African proverb that says, the spirit will not descend without a song. And today uh, we have heard beautiful music that would allow us to be ushered into the very presence of Almighty God. Will you join me now for a moment of prayer? Come, Holy Spirit, come, sweet heavenly dove, for this moment we know and we we celebrate your presence in the worship. And now we pray that you would uh, guide us in the preaching of your word, that uh, our hearts might be inspired and that our lives might be enriched by what you would say to us. So break us open that we might hear. And in hearing, may we walk therein. And as we walk, may our lives be witnesses to a sometime disbelieving world so others might also know you as Lord and Savior. For it is in your name that we pray and we give you thanks for it. Let every heart say amen. And now if you will join me for the reading of the gospel lesson from Luke's gospel, chapter 16, beginning at verse 19. And I'll read down through verse 31. Uh, And those of you who are able, will you please stand in honor of the reading of the scripture lesson, please. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. Poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. Notice the contrast. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus, in like manner, evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us, a great chasm has been fixed so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so. No one can cross from there to us. He said, Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, But if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. God bless you. You may be seated. Question today, what do you value? I'm fairly aware that time is pressing up against us. Amen. And if you are inclined to have to leave, at least uh, doff to me, you know, kind of give me. And, uh, and we'll be all right. 
Um, but I want you to, to at least ponder this question in your heart, even as you have to exit, because there are various reasons why people need to leave. Uh, I learned many years ago um, when I began to suffer from diabetes myself that sometimes people are on a clock about their eating habits even, and you have to leave, and that's just a part of your lifestyle, and, and if you have to, you have to, amen? And so there are no hard feelings with the bishop about that, amen? I, I won't write a letter to Peter to keep you out. <laughs> Boy, I say we cool, okay? Uh, but I want you to contemplate what do you value? Because this particular parable of Jesus is not so much a parable of Jesus contrasting the lifestyle of the rich and famous versus the poor and unknown, as much as it is about whether or not those of us who live in this world have learned to value the things that are important in life or to sometimes put value in things that do not carry us from this what I would call kind of uh, every ordinary existence into eternity that lasts forever. We sometimes value things that have no lasting value whatsoever. And I think that's what this, the key to understanding the parable is. Because I really do believe you can be rich in a lot of things, not just in money, but there are a lot of things that can swell your head and get you out of balance in life. Not just the fact that you happen to be a person who's never known what hunger pains are as far as food is concerned, but maybe you don't even know what hunger pains are when it even comes to beauty. Amen. But all of your life, you've been told just how good looking you are, just how beautiful you are. That Max Factor never has to come by your house. <laughs> and because of it, you never had to starve at all for compliments. Someone's always told you just how good you look. And so because of it, you've never been a person who's ever had to worry at all about what you wore, whether or not it fits you properly, or whether or not you even look good, or whether or not somebody was going to invite you to the prom because you knew people were going to fight. Boys were going to fight over whether or not you were going to be their day. So you've never worried about that. Never worried about bringing home good grades because you were blessed with a highly intellectual mind. You knew how to study well. Studying was no distance from you. You were a stepper from the very beginning. Early on in your life, learning was a piece of cake for you. And so you've never had to worry at all about how to make good grades. And so it was never a problem for you. All of us from time to time have advantages in our lives. Some of us, we see it, we claim it, and we believe that it ought to be ours, and we do not let others forget it. Amen. And then there are some of us who don't even recognize at all the fact that we do have certain privileges. That God has uniquely fearfully and wonderfully blessed us. And as a result of it, there are some things that are just not difficult for us at all. We come by it easily. There are those who are just blessed. I mean, have you not noticed that? There are some folk 
that can just open their mouths and they don't just sing, they can sing. You know what I'm talking about? They don't need any lessons. They can give the music teacher lessons. They just got it. And I mean, folk like that get on my nerve, amen. Because I can't sing nor sing, amen. They just got it, and they have it. But when you read the Bible, you a casual reader of the Bible, if you really read it, even in a casual sense, especially the Gospels, you cannot help but to recognize that Jesus has this kind of running feud with privileged people. I mean, you just got to read it. If you open your eyes, especially... The Pharisees just seem to get on Jesus' nerve. I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, I guess the Pharisees to Jesus were sort of like honey boo-boo. Amen. <laughs> Bad bishop. No. Just got on Jesus. Just bother Jesus. It was like fingernails going down a chalkboard. They seemed to bother Jesus. He didn't bother so much with the zealots who were the militaristic faction of Judaism. He didn't even bother that much with the Sadducees who were sort of the intellectual kind of uh, Christians who, who seemed to be elitist in their intellectualism about uh, being Christians. But the Pharisees got on his nerves. They were the ones who were the keepers of the law. They knew what was expected of them by the scriptures, and they took pride in it. In fact, Jesus even pointed them out to the disciples and said to the disciples one thing about them. They knew the law, and they did everything they could to keep the law. The only problem Jesus had with them was that uh, they were pompous about the fact that they knew the law and they kept the law and they would often find a way to criticize other folk because other people didn't know the law the way they knew the law and did not keep the law. They were self-righteous in their conceit. Do you not know that you can be a big-time Christian and be on your way down, rubbing it up. Amen. You get my drift? Because you put your pride in your keeping of the law rather than the fact that it is by God's grace that we are saved, not because we kept the law. Oh, my Lord. Jesus had a feud with them. Now, I wondered why Jesus finds so much contempt for these folk. Well, maybe it's because... When you are privileged yourself, you recognize the temptation that comes with privilege. There is a temptation that comes with privilege. Because you are privileged, sometimes you are so tempted to rest in your privilege that you don't understand with privilege comes great responsibility. And you believe that somehow I have it made. Therefore, everything that I get, I ought to get. Rather than the fact that what I have, it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the fact that God so loved me that God gave it to me anyhow. Come on, give God a hand clap of praise. Oh, bless his holy name. 
that I, that I didn't have to be born where I was born, that I didn't have to have the mother and father that I had, that I didn't have to have the intellectual capabilities and, and propensity and potential that I have or the ability to sing the way I have. It was only through the grace of Almighty God that God allowed me to be able to carry the tune, not in a bucket, but to carry it in my mouth. Bless his name that I can do it. And instead of us understanding that, we walk around as if it's our gift instead of the fact that the gift we have came because of the grace of God. And each morning we ought to be waking up praising God and thanking him for what he has given us rather than walking around as if God owes us something. So Jesus being a privileged savior, my Lord, do you understand this? Anybody who can take two little fish, five loaves of bread, and say, Father, I thank you for what you have given, and then give it to the disciples, and the disciples can take two little fish and five barley loaves and feed 5,000. He was privileged. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it was out of his place of privilege that he understood the temptation that the Pharisees were dealing with. And that is the fact to whom much is given. Oh, my Lord, much is required. Jesus said, since you know so much, God expects so much more out of you. Hey, are you getting this now? And so when Jesus tells this story of this rich man, Jesus is upset with him. Not because he's rich. See, this is why some of us miss it. Many of us want to condemn him because he's rich. That's not why Jesus wants to condemn the man. Not because he's rich. Now, some of us want to condemn him because we're jealous. Chat Reverend Swanson. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a hater. I'm not mad at the man because he's driving a Bugatti and I got a hope a lot here, amen? <laughs> Come on. I, I'm not mad at him because he's driving a Lexus and I got a used leftover Yugo. <laughs> no, that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, look at the potential that you're squandering. With all that I have given you, all that I have blessed you with. You sitting here eating cupcakes while a man is right outside of your gate starving when you could be feeding this man and you still could get fat with too many calories. Lord have mercy. God, are you hearing what I'm saying? You're missing. Not, don't condemn him because of what he has, but condemn him because he's not doing the God thing with what God has blessed him with. What do you value? Do you value the stuff or do you value the people God so loves? You say, here, here, here's how you connect this right quick and then, then I'm going to leave you alone. Here, here's how you connect this. God so loved the world. Now, take the world. Can, can, can you do this quickly? God so loved people. Come on, repeat that at me. Say, God no, 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 don't get ahead of me. I want you to hear every word of this. <laughs> Do it after me. God, God. so love, so people. people. Oh, I like that. Listen, God, God. So, love. so love. Now watch this. Turn to that person next to you. Look at him and say, you. Point at him. Oh, look at this. Uh, uh, you see what I'm talking about? See, see God so loved you. That he gave his only begotten son. Are you, are you understanding this? And then if you turn it around, 
When you leave St. Matthew and you drive down Oak Canton Road, whether you turn right or left, because that's the only way you can get out of here, amen. You're going right or left. You better not keep going straight across. You're going to have a wreck, amen. Whether you go right or left, when you get down the road, the first car you meet or you come alongside, you can kind of do it real cool like. And you say, God so loved him or you. No matter who it is, God gave only son God had. Are you picking up on this? Because the value is in people, not in the possessions we have. Then the possessions are only valuable if I'm not willing to share my possessions with people. Because God gives me possessions to shower them on the people. Any grandparents in the house? Gotcha. Any children in the house? Older children who happen to have children. Any children in the house who happen to have children that are grandchildren? Stand up quickly because I'm, look, I'm already past my time. If you're children and you happen to have grandchildren, will you stand? I mean, they're not your grandchildren, but they're your parents' grandchildren. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I want you to stand. Are, are you getting my drift? Now, now, now this, this is the tricky part. This, if you are children and you have your parents' grandchildren, do your parents, y'all know where I'm going. That's not fair. Do your parents treat your children as lavishly as they treated you? More, right? Sit down. Amen. Are, are, you, are, are you hearing this? Are you, are you understand where I'm going? Listen what I'm trying to get you to understand. It is amazing how much better grandchildren get treated than children. Isn't that true, y'all? If I'm telling the truth, give me a hand clap. I'm convinced that the best way to talk about God is as a grandparent and not as a father, as a grandparent. Because grandpa sees no wrong. Grandma sees no wrong. Mama worries about too much chocolate. Because why? The baby not going to sleep. Isn't that right, Mama? Come on. Grandmama don't worry. Because Grandmama going to send the baby home. <laughs> God doesn't worry about it. Because God lavishly. Check it out. God always gives you more than what you need. How many stars do you need? How many stars do you need? Yet when you look in the heavens, can you count them? Come on. How many grains of sand do you need on the seashore? Can't even count. Can't. Always gives you more. The things we value, God always supplies those things in abundance. But people that we love are never in abundance. Come on. How can you put a value on a child or a grandchild. How can you put a value even on a poor man who's hungry outside your door? That if you take the risk of feeding him, I'd get up, clean himself up, and change his life and go on to be the EMS operator that comes when you have a heart attack and saves your life. What do you value, St. Matthew? That's why we're going all over Mississippi with this stuff about core values. We're trying to help us to understand what is it that God really wants to see inside of us as a church. That's all. Because the church is no good without the people having godly values inside of us. Difficult to live out. But oh, when we live them out, difference we make. Let me end with this. Y'all get ready because we're getting ready to sing one of my favorite hymns. And when we do, this is my invitation to you.
because I'm not going to come back and give it again. While we're singing, this is my invitation. If God moves your heart, if you've never been a member of a church, if you've never given your life to Christ, or if you are a person who happened to stumble in here today, or you've been coming for some time and you've never been a part of the church, the only reason, one of the, the main reasons, rather, we ask you to become a member of the church is so these values can become a part of your life so you live them out without even thinking about it. That, that's why. So they can become a part of who you are. And you won't value your car when you value a person. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when we sing this song about lift high the cross, the way you lift high the cross is how you live your life. When you live your life right, people look at you and they see the cross of Christ in your life. That's what happens. So while we're singing that, if you're not, if you've never given your life to Christ, or if you've given your life to Christ and you walked away from that life, I invite you to come and to say, I want to reconnect. Or if you've not walked away, but maybe you want to recommit yourself to those values and those principles, I invite you to come. Or maybe you're saying, I've been committed. Today, I want to make a statement. The world that I am committed. You might want to take advantage of the chancel rail just as a witness, just as a place to say, strengthen me, Lord, so that I can lift high that cross. So as we sing it, and that's for you to come. So that you don't need a dead man coming back from Abraham's bosom to witness for you. To witness in the life you live and the service that you give. Me and this microphone are having it out today. You've heard the word. I think you're ready to sing. But more than anything else, I think you're ready to witness. Come on, let's stand together. Stand together. Let's stand together. Chancel rail is open, whosoever will. You make your way and you come. You make your way.